Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And I'm really sorry that I missed uh, the Friday recording. I worked on Thursday and Friday. I thought I could get one recorded by the end of Friday. And it turns out we were really, really, really busy at work. And I just did not have the mental bandwidth by the time I went to bed uh, to actually record one. The first day we were busy until from when we got, well, from when we started until about 8.30 at night. And then we had some calls after midnight, so that interrupted our sleep. And then on Friday, we had fire training all morning. I'm a firefighter if you're new to the show. So we had fire training all morning, ran calls all afternoon. I cooked dinner for the crew, uh, finally finished kind of doing things about 8.30 or so. And I literally fell asleep at 9 o'clock, just exhausted. And then yesterday, uh, my wife's out of town. So yesterday came home. Uh, my oldest was watching the kids and, and my sister-in-law, which was really nice. Um, and I came home and they cooked breakfast and I was like, okay, great. I can record. Uh, I kind of got involved with the kids stuff a little bit cause I hadn't seen them in two days and, um, <laughs> it didn't end up that I was able to record until the evening. I take out my iPad to start making my notes and prepare for the show and it's dead. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just grab this cable over here. Um, and plug it in and charge it and I plugged it in and it came up as recovering data and I was like what the heck and so later that night about 10 o'clock it still hadn't corrected I was talking to my wife and my wife's like oh yeah the cable just so you know the cable that's sitting on the dresser that's bad um, don't use it so I don't know if um, that cable caused some sort of problem I'm not sure why my wife just didn't throw it away other than she said, you know, it was late at night and she was tired, so maybe she just forgot about it. But in either case, uh, my iPad didn't correct itself until like 11 o'clock at night. And by that time, I was just too tired. So had a long day with the kids today, but good day with the kids today. And um, I was able to put together a really big shoe, really big show today, actually. Because um, there was there was lots of really good news, so let's get to it. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Let me open up the iPad here. Okay, so there's two things that I'm not really going to report on, but are very interesting. I'll put these in the show notes. 
there's a video dissecting a 18,650-type 18, lithium battery, 18650-type lithium battery cell. Um, this is the cell that Tesla uses for its Model S and Model X currently. Um, it's the older cell, and it's kind of the most popular for lithium-ion batteries. There's an overview of a, a video dissecting that and kind of showing you what is made up, what the cell is made up of. It's really interesting. It's about three minutes long, and I would highly suggest watching it since you probably shouldn't be doing this on your own if you don't know what you're doing because you could um, hurt yourself or start a fire. Mm. And I got my bourbon and, and Pepsi or Coke today, which is making things go so much better. There's also a video by the same group um, that's talking about the 2170 battery cell. That's about two and a half minutes long, and it's really good information. So if you're interested in how Tesla's using this battery technology or and kind of like at the, the root of it, how it works, these are both really good videos. Next up, uh, SpaceX successfully launches a used rocket into space. And to clarify, SpaceX created this rocket brand new, launched it into space, delivered whatever payload it had, came back, landed on a barge. SpaceX took it, took it and refurbished it and sent it back up into space and then re-landed it back on the barge. So this was this is kind of what SpaceX's goal overall is, is to reuse these rockets so that they can minimize the cost of transporting goods and people into space, materials and people into space. So, um, good on you, SpaceX. That's really good news. Uh, let's see here. Um, Tesla is being sued by an employee over alleged race discrimination and sexual harassment. This story is a little complex and, and puzzling to me, so I don't quite understand. Oh, not understand. I don't quite know where the truth lies, and I'm, I'm of two minds. So... Um, not to be, not to sound wishy-washy, but there's just not enough details for me to really form an opinion of what's really happening. So the, the employee alleges that Tesla, to work at Tesla is, it's racially charged, sexually hostile, and physically, uh, and a physically abusive environment. So this is directly from the article, a 11, an 11 count suit in Alameda County Superior Court alleging race harassment, race discrimination, sexual harassment, retaliation, failure to prevent sexual harassment, discrimination, and retaliation, threats of violence in violation of the Ralph Act, in violation of the Bain Act, failure to accommodate, failure to engage in interactive process, and assault and battery. So right now Tesla is still investigating the situation, uh, but it says that they have terminated several of the employees that are related to this case or involved in this case or involved in this harassment. Uh, you can read all, all this on, in the article. I'll leave, put a link in the show notes. But Tesla says, we strongly believe in having a good working environment and that people should look forward to coming to work every day. That means Tesla must always aspire to be transparent, respectful, fair, and just when we hear complaints or concerns raised about our employees. We take them very seriously. So there's a whole lot that goes with this article, and it's like peeling back the the onion layers to really get to the root of it. And I, 
I don't think there's enough information to really kind of understand all the stuff that's going on. But there is a video, and if you go to Electric's, um, if you go to the article on Electric, you can see the video. And it's a video, I don't know who, it was, who was taking the video, but it's a bunch of people working on a car. And they're using, they're using racial slurs and, you know, they're throwing, I don't know if it's gang signs, but they're, they're throwing up, you know, peace signs and things like that. And there's a lot of language in it. So if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, you probably shouldn't watch it. But, um, so there's some evidence there that might substantiate this guy's claims. I don't know. Uh, the employees said that they hung out with this guy after work and that's kind of how they all talked and joked around and things like that and that kind of makes sense i've seen that you know being in the the fire service we go into people's homes a lot and of all different kinds of uh of folks different races and backgrounds and and you know uh, you know the difference you know we go to really poor people's houses and we go to really rich people's houses and they all kind of have a different dynamic how they interact with each other so that kind of makes sense that that might actually be the case, whether or not this guy is is pretending to be offended or if he really is, it's hard to hard to tell. He might not just wanted he may just wanted to go along with it and not said anything just because he just wanted to be a part of the guys. Don't know. Um, but you can read the article and and you know make your own opinion. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, the next article, my show notes kind of got out of. They got on, I don't know how they got, the organization kind of got screwed up here. So I don't know how that happened, but let's talk about the Model 3. So last week I mentioned that Elon Musk had talked about, had he kind of went through a tweet storm of all this information about the Model 3. And people were asking questions and he was like, here is this information, here's that information. And I just kind of wanted to go through it again as a recap to make sure we got everything. So first up, Model 3 will be a smaller version of the Model S. It'll have less range and less features. The Model S is going to be more advanced. This makes sense simply because there's a market for the Model 3. If, it, if you add too many features and the price goes up too much, you're going to interfere with the Model S market. And, you know, the people who can afford a Model 3 aren't necessarily going to be the same people who can afford a Model S. So the people who can afford a Model S are definitely going to be able to afford a Model 3, but they may want the Model S for various reasons. So that makes sense. Um, I think a lot of people were, were thinking that it was going to be a, um, like uh, the Model 3 was going to have all the advanced technology and the Model S would kind of fall by the wayside, but I don't think that that's it's not going to be the case. Um, it will have autopilot capabilities, uh, which is something we've talked about before. Um, Musk then added the Model 3 will be like the BMW 3 Series or the Audi A4. Uh, the Model S is more like the BMW 5 or 6, which kind of, you know, makes sense. It's going to be a little bit bigger car, more expensive. By the way, this is VentureBeat, uh, Kristen Korsik. Korosik, so hopefully I said that right. Um... The Model 3, you should be able to fit a large cooler in the front, in the frunk of the Model 3. And it won't contain, and this is what we talked about before, it won't contain any significant new technology that wasn't, that has yet to be introduced in the Model S or X. Elon Musk says 
There's a lot of new tech in the design and production process, but nothing uh, majorly new that a consumer would notice. So building the cars, there's a lot of technology, but um, nothing in terms of the actual technology in the car itself. The car will have a shorter wheelbase, which only allows for a 75 kilowatt hour battery pack. Um, it should have more range than the Chevy Bolt uh, EV, because uh, somebody asked him that, and Elon said, oh, ye, oh, so little faith, is what he said. But he didn't give any details on how many miles it would actually go on. Uh, let's see, the Model 3 will eventually have versions like the S and X, which will be for performance models, faster acceleration, we talked about that. Uh, the dual mo motor option will, won't be available until next year. Um, and that's because of the complexity of actually building the cars. Um, right wheel drive cars, like cars for Asia and England, they won't be available until later. We talked about that. Bum, bum, bum. Elon Musk is trying to get people to uh, move to um, the Model S rather than the Model 3, especially if they want the, the dual motors. The model, um, the model will have one display, Musk said, when asked whether the vehicle would have a heads-up display, the CEO took a futuristic view. Now, I don't understand. A lot of people were saying that this was going to have a heads-up display. It doesn't make any sense for me to me that it would have a heads-up display, like on the window or somewhere else. Um, it's kind of a, a lower-end car. I mean, it's still a very expensive car, but it's a lower-end car. Why would you have a heads-up display? But Ars Tech, uh, Elon repeated, uh, tweeted to Ars Technica and said, the more autonomous car is, the more autonomous a car is, the less dash info you need. How often do you look at an instrument panel when you're being driven by a taxi? So basically, this is saying, I mean, I don't really have to break this down to you. It's basically saying this car is being built for autonomous driving. Um, and uh, the right-handed... Uh, drive, we talked about that. I think I said right wheel, right-handed drive. And um, yeah, Musk will be in his Model S. He will not drive a Model 3 for an everyday drive around car. Let's get a drink. Okay. So 8.1 came out for the Teslas, uh, software 8.1. And here are the improvements for all owners. Uh, the radio station for me, the media app, the radio station, it'll create a radio station based on your favorites, which is, that's cool. The maps at the maps app now has Google ratings and business hours. So if you want to go to a coffee shop, you can look at the coffee shop's ratings and if it's open or not, the headrest is adjusted on the screen. Now you can go up or down on the headrest, the model X, um, disables tap to entry. Uh, and then one tap entry, excuse me, and then it lowers the default opening height of the Falcon Wing doors. I'm guessing that's for if you're in a tight space, garage space. I don't know. I don't have a Model X. Uh, the Autopilot 2.0 cars, they get auto steer. So that goes from 55 miles an hour, which is where auto steer works now, to 80 miles an hour. But before you can get that, the car, the cameras need to be calibrated which can take several days, but it does happen automatically. So once the cameras are calibrated, 
you can use auto steer like on the freeway at 80 miles an hour. You can do it at 55 now, but they need to be calibrated before you can do it at 80. The summon feature, which basically means the car will move out of the garage or the parking space so you can get in. Auto lane change, so you turn your signal on and if it's clear, the Tesla will move to the next lane. Uh, a lot of people were expecting a, uh, the internet browser update. This is about six weeks away, according to Elon Musk. Um, so this version of the software didn't get it. Autopilot 2.0 now uses, um, and the software 8.1 now uses two out of the eight cameras before it was using only one. And Tesla has a cool Easter egg. So if you tap the T, the Tesla logo three times, you unlock a sketch pad. Now it's really funny because <laughs> there's an option once you've draw, you know, drawn your picture, you can tap to publish. So it publishes to Tesla, the company. Where it goes, I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody else knows either. But here's my prediction. Tesla is going to have a huge collection of penises, vaginas, and breasts uh, that people drew because people are immature and they think that kind of stuff is funny. So it'll be interesting what Tesla is going to do with their genital pictures. I highly doubt they're going to put it on the website, but who knows? Maybe it'll just go into a Twitter page. All right, next one. Tesserati. Uh, Robert German, which is apt for this article. Germany is changing some traffic laws that prohibit vehicles from using autonomous mode. So there was a law back in 19, I think, 69 that said that all vehicles had to be driven by a driver. Well, how would they know in 1969 there would be autonomous cars? Don't know. Maybe they read science fiction or whatever. Maybe they're just preparing uh, but now, because of the law change, fully autonomous driving vehicles can travel on German roads. The driver is still responsible to intervene when required. Um, the owner slash driver, and it's unclear because it says the owner is still liable, even under autonomous mode. It kind of makes sense that it would be the driver, because I can loan the car to a friend of mine, and if he's in autonomous mode and he's not paying attention, am I responsible or is my friend responsible? It wasn't clear on that. But uh, Germany's really leading the charge for autonomous driving. That's awesome. Uh, next up, electric, Fred Lambert. Uh, Daimler uh, will spend $11 billion on EVs and have 10 models by 2020. Uh, that's roughly, you know, $1.1 billion per vehicle. Uh, it seem by 2022, I'm sorry, I think I said 2020. It seems like that's not a lot of money. I don't know uh, if that's a research budget or if that is research and production. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's that much. They're, Elon Musk and Tesla is putting, I think, $1.4 they just raised to help uh, build the $400,000 cars that they have. And that's just the, they have the Model 3s, the reservations that they have. And that's just to you know, get get the factory up and running. I'm sure they've spent much, much more than that uh, going. That's just the push at the end, I guess. They've spent much, much more than that leading up to here. So I don't know if that's a lot of money, if they're going to use the same um, assembly lines. I don't know how that whole thing's going to work. But I, I, you know, say to Daimler, hey, great job. Uh, this all came because they missed some of their uh, environmental goals in Europe. 
And to make up for that, I, they're, they're making this commitment. Uh, they expect to have 15 to 20% of all of their production vehicles will be electric by 2025. That's super cool. Uh, the next one is from Fred Lambert. Uh, now I'm going <laughs> to... I am going to... Uh, Fred Lambert from Tesla. Electric, sorry. I'm going to butcher this, but Electra Mechanica announced that they're going to have a 250-mile EV Roadster priced at approximately 37,000 US dollars called the Tofino. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, it kind of looks like, when I look at the pictures, somebody said a Mazda Miata, but I don't think it looks like a Miata. I think it kind of looks like a Audi Roadster, the convertible Roadster. But originally this was an Italian company, but now they're Canadian, so they're in North America. Uh, the current company is currently building a three-wheeled EV with a 100-mile range. And I think that's called the Solo. But here's what they have to say. The Tofino is equipped with a high-performance... Excuse me. The Tofino is equipped with a high-performance all-electric motor with a top speed of 200 kilometers per hour, which is 125 miles an hour, and a 0 to 100 kilometers, or 0 to 60, per hour in under 7 seconds. The chassis and body are made of a lightweight aerospace-grade uh, composite, and the car is capable of 250 miles or 400 kilometers of range on a full charge. The Roadster will be available in five stunning colors. Who cares about that? With a suggested price of 50,000 Canadian dollars or 37,000 US dollars. Estimated deliveries will begin by 2019, which seems very soon. And interested individuals can make a $1,000 reservation for the Tofino on their website. Um, I'll put a link to this article in the show notes, of course, like I always do. Uh, but it's important to note that at this point, even though they are building a three-wheel EV car, that's that's awesome. This is still vaporware, and the price could still potentially go up. I mean, the base model might be that, but you might not get it, you know, thirty-seven thousand. But you might not get much for your thirty-seven thousand. So it's going to be one of those things that we just kind of look at and track over the next couple of. Um, the next couple of months but I, all this electric car talk and all these companies that are new and all the companies that are established it, it makes me happy and it's really hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Be fun to talk about, and it's fun to see that all these companies are doing this fun stuff. So, this is from Electric Fred Lambert. Kurt Kelly, the director of battery technology, was giving a keynote at the International Battery Seminar in Florida. I can't imagine how fun that battery seminar must be. I mean, I think battery technology is cool, but I don't think I'd go to a seminar. But this is guy, you know, it's his business, and he's giving a seminar. Or he's given the keynote. Oof, my tinnitus is really acting up. Um, so, let's see. This is what he says in the keynote: "Where we see the future in houses, and we, where we see the future is in houses, and we want to be your EV provider. Put the EV in your garage, and you charge it up with one of our chargers. You have a power wall and a solar product." Uh, that will be introduced. That will be introducing this summer. You can see how this could integrate well into your house. Basically, he wants the synergy of the solar roof, solar panels, power wall, and electric car to all work together. And I think this is a great big duh. Um, but the interesting thing is, is they're using the data that they have from their cars, the battery data that they have from their cars, like how many charge you recharge and how far you go and all this, this information is coming into Tesla and they're using that to make this whole synergistic process better, which I think is the more interesting thing because I think everybody knows that, of course, they, they bought SolarCity, one, because Elon Musk had a substantial stake in the company, but two, they wanted to provide this whole holistic um, EV solar panel experience. So it kind of makes sense. And so far, they're knocking it out of the park with the power wall and power packs and all that fun stuff. So let's talk about the next story. Um, Tesla opens up a delivery center in Culver City. So we talked last week, I think, about um, Tesla having these places where you can go and pick up your Model 3 or Model S or Model X, but mostly Model 3, that's not a service center and it's not one of the sales places like in the mall. It's a, usually, it's going to be a big kind of warehouse place where you go in and you have a latte and it's a five-minute process. That's what they want to have. Um, so you walk in, five minutes, you get your car and you're out. Well, um, they have one of these in Culver City. It's The pictures are really beautiful. It's usually rented out for events. So it's not going to be a space, or it doesn't seem like it's going to be a space for Tesla to use uh, for long. It looks like a temporary space that they're, that they're using. But the inside is just beautiful. It kind of looks, to me, kind of like a, a fancy old-timey airplane hangar or a soundstage. It looks really cool. Um, Robert from Talking Tesla, he is picking up his new Tesla 
at the Culver City um, pickup, I guess, at this new place. And he's opted for the 15-minute process, so he's going to talk about that on the talk, next Talking Tesla. So go and listen to Talking Tesla and see uh, what he has to say about that. But he got, um, let's see, he had an Aero scenario, which was basically explains the car to him. And he already has a Tesla, so he doesn't need that. And then the 15-minute, which is basically sign the paperwork and you're out. Uh, so he's going to talk about that whole experience and what the videos were like and all that good stuff on, on his show, on their show. Um, man, my notes are all messed up. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I'm going to pause it right here and see if I can't organize these. One second. You won't notice that I'm gone. Okay, I'm back. I think I got that. Anyway, so he's opted for the 15-minute appointment. Uh, over the one hour, he'll talk about it on his podcast. So go and uh, give them a listen. And then come back and really listen to this podcast because I don't need to lose the, the few subscribers that I have. Uh, let's see here. Because they're really good. That's why. I'm, I'm nervous about you going over there. I think you'll love them more than you love me, which is entirely possible because again they're really good uh okay so i got a press release and they meet my email today and it said it's from tesla and they said that tesla delivered over twenty-five thousand cars in 2017 q1 13,450 of those were model s's and 11,550 were model x's uh, and 4,650 were in transit now those 4,650 aren't counted towards the total of uh, delivered vehicles uh, but they'll go on to next quarter so uh, they'll get a little bump on the second quarter of 2017. This is an overall a 68 percent increase from Q1 2016. The total uh, is 2000 for Q1 2017 is 25,418 which is a new record for them and like I said, delivery is only counted when the paperwork has been signed and the car has been transferred to the new owner. So I put a link to uh, two articles, one from Tesla, one from Electric, that kind of explain it in a little bit more detail. Now for our final story. Now we had a lot of stories today and uh, we're doing okay on time, so that's good. I thought it was going to run into the 45-minute range, but I don't think we're going to do that. So this is from Electric. Uh, Fred Lambert, a Melbourne, Australia home builder, is adding power walls, power wall twos, to every home they build. Arden Homes um, is the company. And we've kind of talked about in the past how Tes uh, excuse me, Australia is having power problems. Like Tesla said that they can get the power pack installation installed in 100 days from signing a contract. We've talked about how one... Um, Australian homeowner uh, didn't like the, his neighbors lost power and they didn't lose power at their house and they didn't even know it except for the little light that's on in the stove doesn't come on when the power is out so they're actually running off the power wall and all their neighbors were calling because the power was out so Australia is having a lot of problems with their grid um, so this is one way to to help them out uh, this is what Arden Homes says. Arden Homes is committed to building the highest standard of energy efficiency 
building at the highest standard of building. Oh, let me start over. Reading is not so good for me. Arden Homes is committed to building at the highest standard of energy efficiency and is now proud to offer Bradford Solar Charge Pack, including Tesla Powerwall. Bradford Solar is a reseller for Tesla in uh, or Solar City in Australia as a standard inclusion in every Arden home. The effort could prove, this is just from the article now, the effort could prove more popular in Australia, which has the world's highest per capita penetration of rooftop solar with 15% of households using solar for a total of one and a half million households across the country. Um, almost every new home is offered with a solar option in Australia since it reduces the installation costs you know, when you build it versus adding it later. Um, same goes for Powerwall 2, which is already taken, where it already helps uh, take advantage of Australia's ad advantageous net metering, again, due to current energy crises, especially in South Australia. So I thought this was really good news. And I, I kind of remember when I was buying my house in 2006, uh, we bought it in 2005, but it wasn't built until 2006. Uh, we kind of went through, should we get solar? It wasn't offered as an option by the builder, but should we get solar? Should we not get solar? Eventually, obviously, we got solar. We got we got two actual um, installations, one in, I think, 2008, and another one in, like, 2011 or 12. Uh, but I was looking on the Internet, doing a little bit of research, and there is... Um, an article by Bloomberg, Justin Bloom, uh, came out 9-11-2013. Solar panels are the next granite countertops as a standard option for the home buyer. This didn't really work out in the way that the uh, Justin had hoped or had written. Um, I think solar panels probably were offered, but because of the, the housing um, crash here in the United States, and because of, you know, people losing their jobs in 2008 and it took a while for the economy to recover. I live in Arizona, so there should be a lot of solar panels on roofs. Now, I'm seeing more and more, but in my neighborhood, it is, you know, I don't know, I'm going to say less than 15% of the homes in my neighborhood have solar on them. Like I said, there are more and more. When we put ours on, I think we were the first ones at least on our street, if not in our whole neighborhood, that had solar panels. And I think there's only maybe one other company on, or one other house on our street that actually has solar panels, but I haven't been paying that much attention. Uh, the person behind us has them. My father-in-law lives directly behind me. He has them. Um, but be, just the whole point is that there's a, a cost associated with it. It can be quite high. We're leasing. My father-in-law is leasing. Um so that brings the cost down a little bit. So my point is, I guess, with this whole talk is at that time in 2013, it was not affordable or even really, um, you weren't going to get paid back for putting solar on your house if you bought it outright. At the time we looked at it and for a small system, it was like $25,000 and we got a one year warranty. Uh, my lease, I get a 20 year lease. I have a 20 year lease that we paid up front. Um, I think all total between both leases, we paid about 13,000 or $14,000, maybe a little bit more. 
Um, but we paid that up front because we didn't want to have a monthly payment. Uh, we do pretty good on our power, and I've talked about that in the past, and I won't bore you with it today. Uh, but with the lease, my inverter went out on the big system. And I just got a call today from Tesla. First of all, I got a call from technically Solar City, I guess, uh, about three weeks ago saying, hey, we're having some problems. We're going to send a tech out. Tech comes out. He's like, yeah, your inverter's bad. He ordered a new inverter. I got a call uh, tonight saying on you know such and such a day, we're going to come out. We're going to put your new inverter in. None of this cost me a dime. Uh, if I live next to a golf course, uh, golf balls landing on my roof would void the warranty, but some nut job can go up there with an axe and just chop through all of my solar panels and Tesla will come out or Solar City and replace them for free, free per my contract. On top of that, because my second solar system, which is the biggest one, has been inoperable for the last three months, um, if it doesn't meet the, the number the specific number needed for um, that Tesla guarantees that it will generate, they'll send us a check for the difference. Now, I'd rather it meet it than get the check, but it's always nice to have that um, that backup just in case something doesn't meet or exceed. Uh, we get some money back to help offset that cost, which is good. So where am I going with all this? When Tesla came out with the solar roof in the big reveal elon tusk talked about how important it was to have the utilities involved in this whole process and i do believe that that's important in the beginning but eventually the power wall is going to get so good that there's no need to involve the utility in a home installation like you could be completely for lack of a better word off the grid i think this is going to go one of two ways the first way, which is which, I, which is what I just explained, and the second way, which is uh, builders will build a neighborhood, they'll put in power packs, which are not power walls, but a power pack, which are the big power packs, and then when you buy your house, part of the money that you spent on your house will go into uh, solar panels that go into your on your roof. You might have a power wall for your personal use. And then as a backup, the community has a somewhere off-site, a power pack. And that money that you spend on your house will go to pay for all of that infrastructure up front. And then the homeowners association will pay a, you know, a fee for Tesla to manage that, um, that the, the, the basically the neighborhood grid. That's my prediction. Because it doesn't make any sense to have the utilities involved. I can tell you in the in Arizona, in the Phoenix area, we have two. We have um, APS and we have SRP. And both of these companies have created uh, fees for people who are on solar because they're not paying enough into the system to support the grid. Now, keep in mind, we're, we're lessening the... When I first moved to Arizona, there would be regular brownouts. That's not as bad anymore, but there would be regular brownouts. Um, we're lessening the drain in the summertime on the overall electrical system, the electrical grid in here in Arizona, and they have the, the gall to go ahead and charge me more money because I'm not paying them enough because I paid extra money to get solar panels. Now, to be fair to SRP and APS, is they'll, they will actually give you subsidies to help get your lease down to a more affordable 
rate. So I don't know how much they gave us, but in the beginning, you know, they paid Solar City X amount of dollars, and then Solar City passed, passed the rest of the cost on to us. Well, our first solar system was a higher percentage of money uh, that th we got off than our second, but you know that's kind of how it goes. Anyway, the whole point to the, all of this stuff is um, the utilities, at least in Arizona, in my experience, are very <laughs> greedy. And in in the article that uh, we were talking about uh, from Bloomberg talks about PG&E saying that there's not going to be enough people paying into the grid system and that there's going to be um, a financial downfall for the public utility. And to that, I say, duh, quit being like here. They're giving you, you know, they're adding this fee, this fee for not uh, contributing enough to the grid. Eventually, people are going to get tired of that crap from the public utilities because Basically, if you're here in Arizona, two of the people on the utility commission were paid for by APS, which is basically they supported their campaigns, and one was supported by SRP. So do you, at that point, do you really think that the, the fine people of Arizona and the Phoenix area are going to get a fair, uh, fair rules when the utility commission is paid for by the power companies? I don't think so. And so this, I, I really honestly see this is the direction that things are going to go. Uh, one of two options. You're all either going to be self-contained or you're going to be neighborhood contained. Now, for businesses, they're still going to probably have to use the utility for the time being. Uh, I know companies like Walmart, Google, Apple, um, they're all building these big solar farms to help offset their electrical use. I think the Apple campus is all going to be self-contained, but I don't know for sure. But, you know, that's 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 great, but it's not going to help the mom-and-pop dry cleaner shop that is in the strip mall. They're not going to have a, a solar array on their roof. But, uh, yeah, that's just my prediction. And, uh, man, I hate it when companies are greedy. It drives me bananas. Uh, but why is this going to work? Um because the cost of solar panels and the cost of the power wall is getting to the point where almost anyone who buys a house can afford to do this. It's not so far out of reach anymore. They're more efficient. They cost less money. And because of Tesla, Solar City, and companies like that, there there's a competition and there's there's an um, not an advantage. There's an incentive to keep the price low on these things. So I think that's why it's going to work. And people like me are sick and tired of the public utilities screwing us and just kind of taking advantage and putting people where, you know, in high positions so that they can get their way without really having to do much work. Um, you know, that that's over time going to bite them in the butt. My opinion. So that is everything let's see make sure 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 yeah that's everything uh some of the things that because uh, i had this podcast called oblivious where i talked about things that i liked i stopped doing that because um it didn't make sense to do a whole podcast for something that i only talked about for about 45 seconds the thing that i like right now is CISO. if you don't know what CISO is it's kind of like netflix or hulu they do original programming it's all comedy stuff. You can get um, 
Saturday Night Live stuff there, Monty Python stuff there. But the two shows that I'm watching right now that I really love, I just finished Harmon Quest, where Dan Harmon invites, he has a group of people he plays Dungeons and Dragons with, and they invite a celebrity on. And half of it's animated and half of it, half of it isn't. It's a really good show. I really suggest checking it out if you if you like comedy. You don't even have to like um, like Dungeons and Dragons type stuff, because I don't uh, necessarily. I mean, I've played it in the past, but I really haven't played it since I was in high school. So, And the other one I like is Bajillion Dollar Properties, which is making fun of the HGTV type shows. And these people are selling... Um, these high dollar homes and it's just a bunch of ridiculousness uh, very entertaining a lot of fun uh, the last night the premiere of Rick and Morty for season three uh, April Fool's uh, that premiered um, so lots of good stuff if you like funny things to watch on TV so those are my suggestions and let's talk about how you can get into contact with me and then I let you guys go First up, you can email me bodie at 918digital.com. My Twitter is 918digital. If you search on podcast for Kilowatt Podcast, uh, I just put uh, a page up on Facebook for that. You can call and leave a message, and I'll put your, your voice on the show, your message on the show, 918-401-0071. I'm working on a new website at the moment. Leave a review um, at your, wherever you get your podcast because it does help. And uh, we have stickers, sticker packs. Uh, and that's kind of how I support the show. And a lot of you have been buying them, so thank you for doing that. So just look in the show notes if you have an iOS device and you want to buy some stickers. Um, they're 99 cents. Check them out. And, oh yeah, I do a podcast about the about Nintendo and the Nintendo Switch. So go to um, do a search for Snap wherever you get your podcasts. And it's on there. And I'll put a link in the show notes too. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. And I will talk to you on Friday for Realsies. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>